just started biting and I really have big hopes for her as a wrestler in the future. <laughs> or, a or a vampire. Or a vampire. One of those vampire wrestler. Maybe both. <laughs> Guys, I'm just saying, like, Edge and Christian are on a show together again. Where's Gangrel? He's just hanging out there. We need a whole new generation of the brood. <laughs> we need bring back the vampires. The whole time when they had that like first reunion, I was like, "Where's Gangrel? Gangrel? Gangrel?" <laughs> the problem is he looks older now, so it ruins the the gimmick. The, the whole like I'm a mortal vampire. Yes. Yeah, that's the, that's the tough one. He's got to get some Botox. They had a um, um costume battle royal at 880, and I couldn't tell if this one guy was Gangrel or a pirate. <laughs> because surprisingly, the shirt is kind of similar <laughs> between the two. <laughs> it goes both ways. Costume idea. Jerry Seinfeld in the puffy shirt as Gangrel. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to be a vampire. <laughs> this is our, you're recording, right, Harley? This is our intro. This is all <laughs> quality content here. At another installment of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. Welcome, boys and ghouls, to our, only our second Halloween special, officially. We did one way back in year one where we counted down the spookiest. We did like a tournament, spookiest women in wrestling. Uh, we decided Luna Vachon was the spookiest. Speaking of Gangrel, his ex-wife. No, late wife, sorry. Yeah, wow, wow. <laughs> Is that when your spouse passes? passes? Oh, actually, that's a good question. I wonder if... I actually think they might have been split when she passed. But it'd be a weird thing, like, if you are married and your spouse dies and then you're, like, served with divorce papers because they died. Yeah. That's part <laughs> like of the will. that's world. how it worked. <laughs> so morbid and terrible. That would be very Taylor Swift. <laughs> she has it written in, like, when I die, you're going to get divorced. <laughs> I really plan on just being a big player in the afterlife and I want to make sure that it's not cheating. <laughs> you really want to play the field, you know, in heaven. There's just so many like worthy candidates. There's so many famous people up there. I gotta just, you know. The dating I got my eye on Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> Can we just abandon this week's actual subject and just talk about who we would date in heaven? Sorry, folks. That's the Patreon content. You got to pay for that. <laughs> this week, we're talking Halloween here at Grit and Glitter. My name is Horrible Harley Vasquez. You know my co-host, Eerie M. Fear. Yeah, it's, I hardly have to change my name. I'm M. Fear. This is my season. I like literally can't tell anyone my name during like the month of October without them being like, well, isn't this a great season for you? 
And they're right. So that's nice. Thanks for acknowledging it. We're joined by the Glitterati Zone, dastardly Don Hallowell. Hello. Devastating Don Hallowell. <laughs> and making her debut on the show, it would not be Halloween without a maple witch. From, I guess, from Scotland, Tracy McFace. That's Scottish, I'm right? McFace? From a proud, proud clan of McFaces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to be that. confused with the McHeels. <laughs> oh. Long rivalry between those clans. <laughs> McHeels and the McFaces. The oh, they meet up at the McDonald's. <laughs> Tracy, welcome to the show. We're so Hello. glad to have you. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about your love of wrestling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I am mostly an internet person. Oh, I have a publishing company with my friend. It's called With an X Books. We publish books about movies and uh, short story fiction and nudie pictures. And basically whatever uh, catches our eye. So we are withanxbooks.com. We just published a book called So Much Heart by Drew Buxton. It is a short story collection. And before that, we published But God Made Him a Poet, which is a book on John Ford movies. So if you're into cowboys, cowboy films, check that one out. Okay, so when you think about Halloween and pro wrestling. I know me. I think Halloween Havoc, and I think Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. So it kind of shocked me to look it up and realize that they only did it twice. <laughs> WCW only did it in 1992 for Sting versus Jake the Snake Roberts, and 1993 for Cactus Jack versus Big Van Vader. But it's that legendary that it has lived on in infamy all these years. So this week, in honor of Halloween, we are going to spin the wheel make some deals deal with it i'm i'm excited i i do not fear the wheel i embrace the wheel i i i am ready to spin the wheel and make the deal now the og wcw wheel had 12 options on it the wheel that i spent the weekend crafting in my garage out of balsa wood and uh tin i thought okay first off no offense to WCW, they did a lot of things right, but it's Halloween. Why have 12 options when you can have 13? That's a spooky number. Ooh, the scary number. So I put 13 notches on our wheel. That meant I could add one new gimmick to the original WCW list. And I also thought, you know what, there's two gimmicks I really want to include on our wheel. So I'm going to combine two of the WCW ones onto one. That way we still have 13 slots. Everything is good. So, you know what? Before we spin, let's go through each of the 13 options on the wheel, and we'll tell you what they are. The first two, which I combined, are a Russian chain match and a dog collar match. And what are the, what's a Russian chain match? Oh, well, I am glad you asked. A Russian chain match is when the competitors are joined at the wrist by a chain and the first man to touch all four corner posts is declared the winner. Okay, I've seen that before. Maybe not with a chain. So that's like a strap that. match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but, but you but have to chains. touch all... A Russian chain. chain. And you, 
And you have to attach all four corner posts? No pinfalls or submissions or disqualifications, just touch all four corners. So like just a lot of like series of like, men like almost reaching a corner and then getting dragged back by a chain. Yes. Yeah, chain. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like old cool. NWA did that a lot. Yeah, that does sound very old school NWA. Alright, and I combine this with a dog collar match because it also involves a chain. What's a dog collar match? Dog collar match is exactly what it sounds like. The competitors are joined at the next by a chain. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. Ah, so no four corners in this one. It's pinfall or submission. We just had this recently with Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. That's right. Still one of my match of the year contenders. Option number two on the wheel is an I quit match. Again, just what it sounds like. The first man to cause his opponent to shout, I quit, is declared the winner. Usually with like a microphone like thrust in their face for like further emphasis. Oh, the infamous. This is what Sting and Jake got back in 92. Coal Miner's Glove. Coal Miner's Glove match. The option that came up on the wheel at Halloween Havoc 1992. The first wrestler to retrieve a steel-plated glove from atop a pole may use it legally. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. This hasn't been done a lot. I can understand why. This is a pretty high-concept gimmick. If if one of us lands on Coal Miner's Glove, it's going to be a tough to find a good women's coal gunner, miner's glove match, I think. Although so you might have to use like a really bad one. Hmm. Yeah, or maybe uh, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did this with like a Thanos Infinity Gauntlet, like an Infinity Gauntlet match where you put it, you pull it off the pole and put it on, and then you can use it. Yeah, but, like I... one of those Hulk um, green fists. <laughs> I want to see one done, but it's one of those like big foam rubber finger, like the foam fingers. <laughs> Our next option on the wheel is, well, in, on the original wheel, it was a lumberjack with a belts match. I'm going to, uh, uh, that's going to be a hard one to find. I'm just going to make it a general lumberjill match. Okay, so in a lumberjack match, the ring is surrounded by wrestlers wielding leather straps to keep the competitors in the ring. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. If you can find one of those, great. If not, I'm okay with just a regular lumberjack, no weapons at ringside match. I have a really fun one for this one, so I'm really hoping that this lands, that I get this one on the wheel because I have like. It's not, like, by any means an amazing match itself, but it is a lot of fun, and it's a very fun twist on the Lumberjack match. Option number five, popular in Japan, a barbed wire match. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Our FMW watching friends will enjoy this one. The ring ropes are draped with barbed wire. Pinfall or submission decides the winner, and there's uh, sometimes explosions involved as well. Option number six, cage match. Again, sounds like exactly what it is. The ring is surrounded by a steel cage. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. Number seven, a prince, sorry, princess of darkness match. Yeah. I have I no idea what that is. I don't think I've ever seen this. This is a match where both competitors are rendered blind by hoods covering their heads. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. How does this match work? Oh, it's a blindfold match. Yes. Jake oh, the Snake and Rick yeah. Martel famously had a blindfold match where they had hoods over their head and uh, you're, you're trying to fight somebody you don't know where they are. Are there a Josh lot of, like, Bishop and um, Tom Lawler did one. 
um last year. It was hilarious. I mean, okay, Don, please send me wherever this this match happened. I'm gonna be disappointed. <laughs> I need to see Tom Lawler in a in a blindfolded match. It was, it was pretty great. Up next, Texas Deathmatch. Texas Deathmatch classic. The match proceeds until one man cannot continue. The others declared the winner because they presumably could continue if they had to. And also, you're not allowed to forget the Alamo. That's the Texas part of the yeah. match. You have to remember the Alamo at all points. Yeah, if if it when the man forgets the Alamo, that is when he is declared the loser. First blood match. First blood match of exactly what it sounds like again. The man who causes his opponent to bleed first is declared the winner. And then he has to yell, he drew first blood. The last option on the original WCW wheel was going back to Texas. A Texas bull rope match. Uh, competitors are joined at the wrist by a rope, at the center of which is a cowbell. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. So similar what? to a Russian what? chain match. I feel like they've done that four corners, too. Yeah, yeah I think it depends think on the so. promotion. W, uh, WWE has done that a lot. No cowbell, but with the four corners. What? Does the cowbell serve a purpose? Does, they, does it like get used as a weapon? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, you, you get to hit with that. Yeah. yeah, you're probably gonna bleed. Yeah, someone's gonna whip out a drumstick and like play a, a sweet like the sweet solo from "Don't Fear the Reaper." I think um, Dusty Rhodes was probably most famous for those matches. Yeah. All right, so that's the that's the original WCW lineup. The two matches that I added because I thought, hey, it's Halloween and it seems spooky. Casket match. Oh, yep. I don't have a description in front of me, but it's literally when someone is put in a casket. Put stuff you put in a casket and shut the lid. And the last option that I added to the wheel, trick or street fight. Not just not just any street fight, because we've had other, any street fights before, but WWE NXT does a lot of these, where it's like a Halloween-themed street fight. You know, people getting hit with pumpkins and uh, things like that. It has to be trick or street fight, not just a street fight. Candy corn to the eyes. Could it be like a Halloween death match? Sure. I'm, I'm very flexible with the matches uh, in these options. Okay. But these are the 12 match types that are on the wheel. And then the illustrious, spookiest 13th spot on the wheel is Spinner's Choice. Where you land on that. And you know what? Since I, since I built this wheel, this is what I'm going to say. You land on Spinner's Choice. You can choose any of these 12 options here. Or you can go off the board. You can go. You can do well, a costume battle royal. You could do a Hell in a Cell match. You could do a False Count Anywhere match. You could do a Braun Panties match. Any any type of gimmick match. That's what I'm going to say. Are there any Braun Panties matches that are like actually good matches? The answer is probably no. But I'm just curious. I'm thinking probably no as well. But hey, prove me there wrong. Might be something with like Molly Holly or Ivy involved or something like yeah. that. That might be or like old school TNA. Okay. Possibly. I don't know. If you're out there, because I don't even know if I want to do this research. But like, if you're out there and you know of a bra and panties match that's actually worth watching, like, and not for just lascivious reasons, please let us know. I'm very curious. Somebody look up what the highest rated bra and panties match on Cage Match is. All right, so that's it. Those are our 13 options. We are each going to spin the wheel. What we land on will be our gimmick, and then we have to choose a match for the rest of us to watch in that category. 
Who wants to spin first? Ooh, me, 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 me. I want to spin first. Oh, okay. Stretching my, oh, got my, my wheel spinning arms. Just going to pump them up. Okay. All right. I'm ready. All right. I'm going to like, I'm channeling that like Price is Right, like spinning the big wheel energy. Okay. Can you, you see the- Price is Right? Wait. Oh my gosh. Harley, we never talked about this. Do you have Price is Right in Canada? Oh, please. It was like must watch viewing when you're homesick from school. My gosh, yeah. Bob Barker with the classic, and they'd have the orthopedic commercial uh, mattress commercials during the break of like the old folks like sitting up in bed. I loved all that. Oh yeah, Drew Carey. I'm a a big Drew Carey stan, so uh, I have not watched any episode that he. I have not even watched them. I have not watched a single episode that he's hosted, and I'm I I should at some point, but it just makes me too nervous. Let's go. This is the very first spin of the Grid and Glitter 2023 Halloween. Ooh. I got an I quit match. An I quit match. You got lots of options there, so. I do. I have a lot of options. A lot of, promo- a lot of different promotions you can look for. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to going through and seeing kind of what, like, what like interesting takes on it I can find. I love a, I do love a good I quit match. I'm a little disappointed just because I, I have an abundance of options. I was kind of excited to like, have to like sift through like really weird, like small pool of options. That's true. You can always help other people. If they get like a really weird one, you can, you know, help them find a great one match. Give them recommendations. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will find this a good, a good I quit match. All right. You know what? I am going to go next. As a co-host of the show, and we'll see if I get anything crazy. Here we go. Big money, big money, big money. No whammy, no whammy. Oh, 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 ooh. (gasps) Ooh. Nice, okay. Two for one. A Russian chain match or a dog collar match are my options. I have to find a match where two women are tied to each other by a chain. Oh, this is gonna this is gonna be some hard work, folks. I gotta look no, for. No. I gotta go online and find women chained together. Mm. It's a hard job I have. <laughs> Careful with that Google search. Yeah. <laughs> um, question for you though. I mean, are you gonna like? Are you gonna avoid doing Masha versus Kelly since we have already talked about that match at length? Yeah, because it's recent, I'm gonna try to go a little bit deeper back. I wouldn't be surprised if there are some good ones from the earlier or like mid 2000s you know like i i bet you lufisto has done one of these i would say luna has a good one yeah that's mm-hmm. uh I got, I got some research to do for sure but i'm thinking i will find mm, yeah either dog collar match or a russian chain match uh, i I'm, I'm excited all right don you're up grab that wheel spin it okay let's go okay it is spin, spin, spin in. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Huh? Oh, also, Russian chain or dog collar match. And what do you think? We do spin again, spin, spin again. again. Yeah, come on, Don. It's like when you tie in the showcase showdown, you got to spin again to decide who's going to the, the end of the show. Come on, Don, give us something better this time. And I quit match, Don. You suck. Hey, don't speak about Dawn that way. How dare you? Get your act together. There's 13 options on the wheel. You spun the two wheel. You spun. 
You're speaking to Pittsburgh area legend Darkness? Don you, I know you want the Princess of Darkness match because Becca and Love Dark <laughs> had one in Camp uh, Camp Leapfrog. <laughs> oh my god, they did! Oh my god, they did! Don, one more time, make it right. Spin that wheel. I believe in you, Don. mostly like we all got like kind of classic matches nothing like too too bizarre yeah i mean to be fair there's not really there's only really one or two on the wheel that are like really wacky like coal miners glove and princess of darkness you know if if we got a cage match that'd be pretty straightforward as well yeah i mean definitely i'm I'm actually a little disappointed that we like none of us got like the bull rope especially there's not a ton of women's casket matches i mean no and are we counting? I can't think of like too many women that that would be like their gimmick or anything, you know? Maybe an impact. Yeah, actually, I'm a little surprised that I, I haven't seen one from Impact in like the recent years, considering like the number of like you know. Oh yeah, who's name must have done one? Yeah. Sue Young. Yeah, exactly. There has to be something there. All right. Well, we got one more person left to spin. Tracy, let's see if you get something really weird and weird and crazy. I thought somebody might get Spinner's Choice, but no, nobody got Spinner's Choice. Our last one is Speak of the Devil. Texas Bull Rope. That's it. I'm sorry, listeners, if you really wanted a Coal Miner's Glove match or you really wanted the Princess of Darkness, you can look those matches up on your own. You can always go watch a Coal Miner's Glove match. We're not stopping you. We we aren't stopping you exactly, but there may not be a whole lot to find. But we are going to be watching an I Quit match, a barbed wire match, a Texas bull rope match, and either a Russian chain match or a dog collar match. That's our agenda for this week's show. We are going to go think of some matches, do some watching, hit the theme song, and we'll be right back to talk about those matches. off with my match because these days I feel like when you think about Halloween and wrestling the sort of undisputed queen of Wrestle Halloween is Shotzi Blackheart. Yes. Perhaps nobody embodies the spirit of Wrestle Halloween more than Shotzi loves Halloween more and that's why I chose her match specifically when I landed on. So I got the distinction of getting to choose between either a Russian chain match or a dog collar match. I went with a dog collar match. Brief history of the dog collar match. As far as I can tell, the first one was 1978, Killer Brooks versus Jonathan Boyd. But the dog collar match was made most famous in 1983 at Starcade, thanks to Roddy Piper and Greg the Hammer Valentine. 
maybe the first woman to ever compete in a dog collar match was Francine in ECW. 1996, they had a trios dog collar match, Francine and the Pitbulls taking on Stevie Richards and the Eliminators. And then a year later, we got the very first dog collar match between two women. Singles match, two women for IWA Mid-South 1997. It was Debbie Combs and Sherry Martell for the NWA Women's Championship. I wanted for us to watch this one so badly. Sherry Martell and dog collar match. And she apparently blades and like bleeds all over the place. So excited. Could not find it except for a website that is selling a VHS... IWA Mid-South Obscure Matches. <laughs> you can order that if you want and find a VCR. Oh, wow. I can't believe... Well, I mean, I can believe that it's not in a digital format, but it's such a shame. Wow. What a what a lost find right there. That was 97. Sherry and Debbie Combs for the NWA Women's title in a dog collar match. Recently, past couple of years, we've seen... Uh, more of like a surge in dog collar matches with women. Impact TNA this year did Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. We've seen Casey Kirk and Sawyer Rack. We've seen Jessica Havoc and Allison Kay. And the match that I chose for my spin on the wheel. Rise Wrestling from Chicago, Illinois, my old favorite promotion, now defunct. Their third show, Rise Medic, from July 2017. It was Shotzi versus Dust. For the Phoenix of Rise Championship. You might know her as Dust. You might know her as Angel Dust. You might know her as Zoe Sky. She's done some enhancement work on ROH this year as Zoe Lynn. She's a real underrated gem of the last 10 years. Zoe Dust does not get the spotlight that she deserves. Yeah, she can go in the ring with anyone, do any style. And um, yeah, she's, she's just killer. Yeah, talk. Oh man, underrated is the key. Every time I see see Zoe Sky anywhere, I'm like, why, why is she not more utilized? Why are not more people catching on to her? She also has a look that is like very flexible and malleable for like heel face dynamics. So like she can she can play whatever role you need in a roster. I, I yeah, I this match reminded me of that to the extreme. Like also. Uh, Thank you for picking a dog collar match, Harley, where like a good five minutes of the match is not actually a dog collar match. <laughs> but I, so I will say I loved how it started because Dust is playing the heel here and the referee comes in, hooks up Shotzi's collar to the chain and then Dust just pounces and immediately starts beating the hell out of her, beating her around the ringside area, knowing that you got a trap now. Shotzi's all tied up. I'm not, I'm free. And taking advantage of that and knowing, like, what are you going to do? Disqualify me? It's a dog collar match. <laughs> well, yeah, but also, I like that the commentary points out that, like, can't, she can't really win the match if she's not wearing, if she's not wearing the chain. No, but, um, and it's like four, four, foreshadowing, but at the very end, after the match is over and everything is said and done, we're backstage with Dustin Rosemary, and Rosemary straight up says to her and to us, like, we were never out here to win. That was never the goal. We didn't care about yeah, winning the match. We, were, we didn't care about winning the title. We were here to kill a guy. <laughs> Sometimes that's that all was you a, need. That was a pretty long feud, right? The Rosemary... It, it started off with Rosemary turning Dust Heel. We heard Veda on commentary mention this a couple of times. She was Angel Dust. Mm-hmm. Rosemary infected her, turned her into the evil version of Dust. 
they later on along the way they pick up Jessica Havoc and she joins the crew as well. And yeah, they feud with Shotzi and Delilah Doom, and then they turn Delilah Doom as well. And they, mm-hmm. the four of them, yeah. are feuding with Shotzi for like years, like two or three years on and off, right up mm-hmm. until Shotzi signs with NXT, and then they have a final blow-off match, and then she's gone. Oh, Delilah's wow. another person that's very underrated. Super underrated, and so she was working heel for a time. Yeah, she was doing not. Not dissimilar to Sky Blue right now in AEW. It was one of those situations where, like, you know, she's still a good person at her soul, but, like, magic, evil, evil uh, juju. Evil magic is my favorite kind of wrestling. It really is. Like, like, in wrestling, there needs to be even more evil magic. I know that there is some, but, like, there really just isn't enough. We need more evil magic in wrestling for sure. But what about good magic? Uh, that's not fun. That's, that's not, not fun. fun. <laughs> like a, a manager who's like a mage and just like heals you from ringside? I guess, <laughs> uh, actually, I guess Paul Bearer was kind of like that, right? Paul Bearer would like lift well, the urn up Kaya's, and the Undertaker would like... Kaya's good witch. So she's good magic. She is. Yes, she is. Does she use any like form of, like, is there like magic that she utilizes or is it just like she has an ethereal spirit? She, I think she's done it before. Like, she's, like, made, like, a force field around her before or something like that. She's done, like, a little bit. Not a lot, though. Yeah. That's right. That's right, I think. So, yeah, dog collar match, mostly. I I really like this one in retrospect. Uh, I would say it's rare, rare that I would say this about a women's match. I would have shortened it a little. I would have like maybe shaved like five minutes off. I feel like the middle sequence was a little slow at points. But once we got near the end, I liked that Shotzi got her revenge. Commentary mentioned like, oh, she's taking the collar off. And it's like, well, you know, that's fair. Like dust started this, essentially. <laughs> Although it kind of, I guess she needed to take it off in order to do the top rope senton. I feel like it would have been more badass if Shotzi had kept it on to do the senton. I, I thought, like, I thought what she was going to do is, like, take it off and then, like, put it back on when she was, like, up the ropes or something. That's what I was thinking while it was happening. Yeah, I, I would have liked it if it had been, like, done with the, the collar on, because that is just so cool. Like, one of my favorite things about a dog collar match is, like, seeing the wrestlers be able to work with that, like, tether. I think it's so neat, like when they have such a spatial awareness that they're able to, like, pull off, you know, anything from, like, top rope moves to just, like, you know, various, like, you know, flying moves because, like, you don't have, you don't have a lot of room there. You have a limited amount of of leeway. So seeing them be able to work that and do it, like, very knowledgeably with that awareness, like, I, yeah, I'm always really, like, keen on those spots. So there was a missed opportunity there. But, you know, it still looked good. It just wasn't, it would have had more impact if she had, like, kept the collar on yeah there's something more to the gymnastics of it when to be able to be like tied up like that and still flip and fly i really think yeah it would have added something if she kept it on for that yeah totally i i do love i'm sorry i'm because I'm, I'm looking i'm actually have it on in the background as we're talking about it and i'm like, just at a spot where one of my favorite things in a dog collar match, this is nothing new, this is something that gets done in a lot of them, but, like, I love a tree of woe spot in a dog collar match where someone is being, like, 
like hung upside down off the ropes, like in the tree of woe, but like then pulled up by that chain too. It always looks so good. And this particular one is like, looks especially brutal for whatever reason. Oh, the high flying with the chain. Yeah. Any move off the top rope with the chain is just going to look so much better. Yeah. And we got a lot of the sort of classic dog collar moments. Um, you pull on the chain, forcing your opponent to like go head first on the ring post wrapping the chain around your forearm and then smashing them with it, things like that, which are always, like, they're, like, necessary. They're, like, the go-to spots. In the same way that if you're doing a cage match, you're going to have the spot where, like, they're about to walk out the door and then the door gets slammed on their head. It's just, it's... This is the rare match where someone, like, gets murdered? <laughs> she doesn't get murdered. She gets busted open. Highly recommend people find this clip on YouTube from Rise from their full video from their video archive because not only do you get to see the full match with like the after effect and everything and then Rosemary and Dust promo, but you also get to see like the end screens where Rise essentially apologizes for this booking. <laughs> I know I'm watching. I'm like, what is going? On? That's that's Rise promoter and owner Kevin Harvey. He comes out to the ring and then he's like, all of a sudden there's black goo coming out of his like his rib cage out of his shirt and he collapses and we're like, what is this? And then they literally put text on the screen, Frasier style being like, we're, 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 so, we're sorry. We know this is, <laughs> we know this is terrible. I promise you. That was, that was very Canadian of you, Harley. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah. It literally says that. Yeah. 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 We know we made some weird booking choices. <laughs> We, we, this was some terrible booking. They're like after after Rise Six, it gets a lot better. I promise. <laughs> honestly, we're learning a lot. Yeah, honestly, kudos because uh, you know, like Vince, Tony Khan, they would never. Also, like I would rather something be like kind of bad but very interesting than be completely competent and a little boring. You know what I mean? Like especially from a promotion like this that is like providing such quality wrestling. So your booking choices, like bookending it, are kind of questionable. But like, it was a really good. It was a really good match. It was a really, really like you know decent dog collar match. Maybe slightly overlong, um, with some convoluted stuff at the very end. But like, I'm much more interested in a, in a good promotion that does some questionable things early on than like a promotion that is just like, you're real straightforward and kind of mediocre. I think that's, I mean, once again, that is the magic of wrestling. I'd rather it be a little hokey, a little silly, because that's what I'm coming here for. Like, I, I want to see a guy out at the end. You don't need to apologize <laughs> to me about yeah, it. Like, I, I like embracing the campiness. That's why I love, I like impact, you know. Um, yeah, and sometimes I think, you know, like some companies just take themselves too seriously. And it's like, yo, it's wrestling, you know. <laughs> All right. For our next match on the wheel, Don, you spun. You had to spin three times, but you got a barbed wire match. What do you got for us? So I wanted to do something a little different because, like, a lot of the barbed wire matches, you know, we're familiar with. They're either, like, within the past couple years in America or, um, you know, your Japanese FMW stuff. So um, I looked at a couple of ones, and one of the ones I really wanted to do was an old um, AIW match, which was John Thorne, who's actually the owner of the promotion, against Haley Hatron. 
because that was like really like one of the first times you have like intergender, like a true intergender gender rivalry. They also had a um, dog collar match too in their rivalry. And um, it was just like super bloody, super hardcore. And I think it really like changed a lot of stuff like coming through like the indies and um, going into, um, you know, intergender wrestling. But I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> so I did get a um, death match down under from Australia. It is Vixen, who is, I believe, about a 20-year veteran. She's been around for a while. She has been wrestling um, a lot of death matches there. In this match, she takes on Mad Dog. Um, those two actually teamed up whenever um, ICW was in that country, and they took on um, Casey and Kroll. So they've been partners and enemies um as a lot of deathmatch people are so um yeah i thought it was a um really good barbed wire match it's from march 2022 the show opened with limp biscuit so i was like maybe, <laughs> maybe i have the date wrong maybe it's 2002 <laughs> and sure enough like as soon as the match ended they went to promo for their next show and they used taking back sunday and again i was like okay. i was like what year is this is Australia yeah. just 20 years behind North America? It's Australia, so, you know. Yeah, the the intro being, like, it's all about the he said, she said bullshit. I was like, wow, I this is a throwback. <laughs> so, uh, kids are starting to get into it again. I yes, think Zoomers true. really like new metal. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, save us all. But yeah, so I thought it was cool. Like the, I think like the first couple times they hit the barbed wire, it just went, and then like, I think like the third one, she did like a seesaw on them, and it just did not budge. Nope. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what Vixen. I'm not familiar with Vixen, so I don't know what like her usual ring gear looks like or anything. But I liked mm-hmm. that she came out looking like. Oh, I'm going to be in a barbed wire match? Okay, well, I'm wearing a full shirt. I'm wearing shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing elbow pads. I'm wearing gloves. Like, that's the common sense thing to do. I always think about that. I'm like, if you're going to be in, like, a battle royal or royal rumble, like, douse yourself with baby oil. Make yourself as impossible to grab onto as far as you can. You're like Rick Rude style. <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog's your shirt in this. It's like, buddy, you know what the gimmick is, right? You know those, like, sharp little pieces of metal and you're not going to even wear a shirt? But then, like, the the deathmatch guys will be like, oh, you you can't wear a shirt. That's just showing that you're not tough. Like, yeah, come on. But then, yeah, I also really liked, um, like, for the the end, how, like, she, like, wrapped herself in the barbed wire and used herself as a weapon, too. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I really liked that. I liked that. There were, like, repeated shots of of them, like, wrapping the barbed wire, kind of, like, embedding it around themselves. And, like, again, that goes back to the, like, the gear story of her, like her choice in apparel for this match of like, yeah, she's got, she's got a little extra, like, you know, a little extra coverage there. She can, she can add that barbed wire. It feels like a little bit like more uh, feasible than if, you know, you're wearing just like, you know, real like skimpy, like wrestling gear. So yeah, it all worked. It all worked really well. There was just, there were really nice spots in this one. I like this. I haven't, I haven't seen this. This is the first time I got to see this one. Um, 
it was definitely like more of your like without any kind of explosions or anything more of a classic barbed wire barbed wire match but like just thought both of these veterans like knew what they were doing really really well and sold it really well yeah, you could tell it's not someone that was like new to deathmatch or yeah. new to barbed wire. No, there's such a there's such a cool thing when it comes to watching veterans in deathmatches because the like the knowledge and understanding of how to make these things work is so much more built into their skill set. Um, it's it's kind of the exciting thing about watching like hardcore and deathmatch wrestling is that like actually I kind of prefer to watch people who have like anywhere between like 12 to like 20 years of experience in doing this because they just, they do it in a way where you're like, I know this person's not going to die. And yet it's still really exciting because they know exactly how to make it exciting. Mm-hmm. That was down in Australia for our third match. Tracy spun the wheel and gave gifted us truly a gift to Canadians wrestling in America. <laughs> Yes, for my fight, I had Jules Malone versus Addie Starr. The death becomes her uh, fight. And this one was a Texas bull rope, even though they do not keep their rope on too long. They lose it about halfway, and it just becomes a regular death match. Tell us a little bit about uh, how bull ropes work, because I can't find a good Wikipedia entry on it. Ah, so the official WCW magazine, Halloween Havoc Breakdown, says, The competitors are joined at the wrist by a rope, at the center of which is a cowbell. Pinfall or submission decides the winner. Giant Lego blocks not provided. (laughs) Yeah, this one they really just, like, four minutes in were like, a a Texas what match? Very quickly. This match was great because the the bull rope meant nothing, and I didn't mind at all. It was a great like kind of inversion of the gimmick because like at a certain point, Addie just takes it off her wrist. Like it doesn't. It's like oh, I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to keep this. I just I'm gonna take it off my wrist. I'm gonna I'm beat you with the the knot that was formerly around my wrist. Heather beat you. I don't need to stay like this. I don't think <laughs> Canadians need to follow rules. Like they don't. That's Canadians don't need American rules. Yeah, see, that's the thing, okay? You you three are trying to view this match through the Texas bull rope lens. This was a Canadian bull rope match. Yeah. Here in Canada, like at the Calgary Stampede, at the Rodeo, it's just like free-for-all, anything goes. Take off the bull rope, scatter some eggs on the ground. Sorry, I'd rather not. Wait, what were the eggs? Like, one point he said they, they had sawdust in them? Yeah, they were... Easter eggs with real eggs in them? I'm not sure myself. But the show, was, the show took place in July, so it's not like it was Easter-themed. Oh, okay. Oh, also, I, oh, actually, wait. The... Now that I think of it, yeah. Actually, Canadian Easter is in July. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wait, what? Jesus died on a different Jesus... day in Canada. In Canada, Jesus died on a different day. Canadian <laughs> Jesus died in July. Canadian Jesus. Died in July. Jesus. I really liked that it was a it was a dozen egg carton, but like when she spilled out the eggs, there was like maybe seven. She had to make an omelet on the way there. It's just like it's, I don't know why, but that detail made me laugh so hard. I was like, what? 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 Why are there seven eggs? Uh, now, what promotion was this? This is the Resistance. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, if it was, like, IWA Mid-South, then, like, Ian stole a couple eggs. Exactly. Someone was eating those backstage, but this wasn't bad. 
the other highlight of this one for me was the commentary because again this was 2019 not 2000 oh my god and yet call them, call them. oh my god one of the commentators was like oh yeah whatever her name is <laughs> and then 30 seconds later he's like these are two tough bitches yes <laughs> i'm like what this is 2019 also um, vibe to it also, if you are paying at all attention to the crowd, and I'm not reading the promotion here for this, but there is a, <laughs> roughly 20 people watching this insane match. They went all out for the small crowd, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. Addie and Jules, like, absolutely, 100%. Gave this, their whole, all. this whole show was a gimmick tournament. Like, Jules Malone advances to go to the finals, so she wrestles three different gimmick matches on the same show. Yes, she, she was already like bloody when she started this fight. Like, how are there only 20 people in the crowd for this? Because an all-gimmick match tournament sounds so freaking rad. In Summit, Illinois. Illinois is like a big wrestling state, right? Yeah, when companies don't promote their shows, it doesn't matter how good they are. Ooh. That's fair. Dog, dog, dog <laughs> Real talk. You know... But I love the um, I love the pizza cutter board though. I thought that was that, that was kind of different. I thought that was awesome. I I gasped. They they mentioned something about um Nick Gage in there. Did one of the girls work with him at some point? I think Addie probably has. She does a lot of death matches and that sort of thing. She would have done CZW at some point, I would think. Okay, and that. Yeah, that goes along with the pizza cutters, just that real bloody, like, we're going to cut you up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen, like, knife, knife boards, but I, I don't think I've ever seen um pizza cutter boards. Mm-hmm. Got extra roll to it, so you can just kind of slide it across. Ooh. Mega blocks instead of tiny Legos. Yes, and it looks like Addie just brought them in, like, Ziploc bags from home. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like she picked up her kids' toys and was like, if you're not going to put these away, I'm taking them to work. Yes. It very much was like, I don't have the original case that these came in. Uh, they're going into big Ziploc. And uh, <laughs> that's how we store everything in this household. So it's, it, that's fine. Also, who ate <laughs> half my eggs? I was using those. Yes. So <laughs> where, did, where did five of my eggs go? Not a top-tier Texas bull rope match in the sense of like, yeah, there's no bull rope for... 80% of the match, but at the very last minute, um, Addy does grab the cowbell and attempt to use it, fails, and uh, Jules hits a powerbomb onto a barbed wire chair, I think it was. And after that, Addy is down for the count, and Jules wins. Yeah, and she advances to the next match, which is facing Randy West in a no-ropes barbed wire match. M. You got one more match for us. I don't know how this happened. Don chose a match from Australia. The other three matches we watched all from Illinois. That what that is very funny. I realized that upon rewatching my my pick because I was like, oh shit, I picked another like Illinois, like Chicago area, like standard. So yes, so there's a lot of I quit matches that um, I went through, including some WWE picks. There were a couple that I was toying with, but. The matches themselves really weren't, like, enough of a match. And you know how much we love High End on this show. Friend of the show, we love you, High End. We think you should be, like, the biggest superstar ever. 
Um, so when I remembered that she had an I Quit match against Sky Blue at AAW, a, a promotion that I really, I've, I've loved for a long time, but we don't get to talk about all that much because like they do women, they have a, like a women's belt and they, they regularly feature women, but it's definitely still one of those independents that like, there's not quite as many women on each card that as like would merit our attention. So as a result, we don't really talk about AEW that much. Um, it's come up in conversation when we've talked to like Sarah Shockey, who her and her partner have done like do commentary work and ring announcing work and et cetera for AEW. But anyway. Oh, Shockey was the ring announcer on the uh, Shotzi dust match. Yes, indeed. And um, I believe Marty is. One, Marty, I think, is on commentary for this match. But so Sky Blue and High End had a like had a feud. Um, the April before this show, this show was in July, I believe, that the of the match that we're watching that this I Quit match. But in April, they had like a big, big match that set up for this one. And High End is like the heel that has pushed Scott, like plucky, sweet baby angel Sky Blue to like you know, to the end has pushed her to like the limit. And so now this is supposed to be like the big blow off match. And this is where Sky gets her like retribution. Um, I think this match is good. I don't think it's necessarily the, the, you know, epitome of an I quit match. It definitely doesn't get nearly as intense as it could. But I also think it is the rare I quit match that doesn't go on for like ever, which I really appreciate um, because I like I quit matches, but I quit matches can often like kind of, extend past their they can kind of overextend themselves a little bit because they want to build to that big moment and i think this one the pacing works really well i think Hyen is doing a lot of the best work here um sky as much as we're supposed to believe that she has like just been like driven to to violence by like her bully um she doesn't she still doesn't quite have that edge to her yet, but high end does the heavy lifting here and it, and it, and it works. My but the big reason I picked this is because the finish has always stymied me. I've watched this match a couple of times and I want to know, does high end say I quit because I could not, I can't get it. And I, I don't know if maybe I'm just like, I didn't hear it correctly. I'm like hard of hearing. I'm not picking up on the cues. But she clearly says, no, no, no. And then at some point they ring the bell and they're like, oh, she quit. And I'm like, I didn't, like, is it heard? Do we see that? I feel like a minute before, meaning 30 seconds before, one of the commentators said, like, oh, like, nobody said, no, you know, nobody's, nobody's gone for the microphone yet. Oftentimes, especially in WWE, you get the referee to hold the microphone up to them and say over the house mic, what do you say? And they're like, no. We didn't get anything like that in this match. I mean, for starters, we... The finish was the only submission match move of the entire match. Yes. Very, yeah. very yeah. interesting. It, yeah, and it's a good. I mean, it's a it's a very good submission, and it, it's a classic I quit match submission where like the person being put in the submission has their head completely free so that they can like easily say the words I quit. Um, but we don't get that audibly. We don't even get like a visual cue from high end that she has really given in. They just ring the bell and she kind of just like wilts, but like. And it's a very confusing ending for an I Quit match. It's weirdly ambiguous, even though the commentary is saying, like, oh, it's not. It's, like, clearly, like, Sky's win. Presumably, the referee saw Haiyan, like, uh, nodding or something to that effect, you know, nodding, like, yes, yes. That's all I can think. 
But yeah, they never, I don't, they never had like a microphone or anything, did they? Yeah, it doesn't have a clear ending to it. It's, it's not like I'm rewatching it right at this moment and it's like, she's saying no, she's screaming no, like she's like, she's basically telling him like the fuck off and like, then the bell rings and it's like, yeah. it's not clear when the I quit happened. That was my only thing. I liked, I really liked the match. I thought that up to the finish, I thought the finish was flat. I felt like it, it came a little bit out of nowhere. Like Sky does the tilt a world leg sweep into a, sort of like a ground octopus hold. But I'm like, oh, it's, the, it's only the first submission move of the entire match. And then Hyan apparently quits. Although like, yeah, we don't see it. We don't, she can't tap because her arms are tied up, but we don't, it's not really clear that she, uh, that she audibly submits. And I was like, oh, that's it. Like it's, this is one, come on, take five minutes from Shotzi and Dust give it to this match and let's get a couple more submission move attempts or something in there first, because up to the finish, it was just a great like brawl. Like they're beating each other ringside. They get, they have like a hockey fight at one point in the ring. I'm loving all this. I'm loving high end jumping her before the match, just like dust did. I just thought the ending was like, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. And it was kind of, the ending was kind of why I wanted to discuss this one, just because the ending to me is so, Compared, especially as you noted, like to the rest of the match, the ending falls flat. But for me, I'm fine with a submission ending like this in my quit match. Absolutely. And that and that like that octopus hold or, the you know, that hold that Sky has her in is like looks really good. It's just it doesn't the way it all ends up doesn't really make any sense. And it would have been really cool to see at least one more movement, like one more like. One more call and response action before before Hyatt loses this match. Um, this is also but like you said before, Em. Like I I really, I get do get annoyed of I quit matches a lot because I do think they get repetitive. Same yeah. with like last man standing matches. Like I think they get so repetitive, you know. Okay. So I didn't really mind this, you know, like not being the constant. Do you say it? Do you say it? You know. Yeah, I think I, I think maybe I all would be forgiven if I just like if we had that audible, if like there was a clear like visual cue that Hyan actually had submitted and like like said I quit because without that it's like it still feels like a slightly unfinished. Um, I also I like that this is a this is a brawl. Um, they go pretty hard, but this is an I quit match where there isn't as far as I remember there's no blood. There's like it's just it, it's you know it's, it's just fighting 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 and like. I think I've seen a lot of I quit matches that kind of like half like they end up kind of um, depending on the color a little bit to like really sell that intensity. I didn't think they needed it in this match and they didn't have to use it. Yeah, there is a big lack of color there. I have to agree, but you don't always need it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, those I think were our four matches that we chose. We spun the wheel. We made some deals with the devil. This is what we came up with. Perhaps I spent all this time in the garage this weekend building this damn wheel. I, I tried the four <coughs> different ones. Some of them were like oval, ended up being oval shaped. They didn't spin properly. They just kept landing on coal miner's glove over and over and over again. So uh, now that I perfected it, maybe next year, next Halloween, we'll dust it off again, spin it again. I know there's so many. I know we really wanted to get uh, the blindfold match. I actually saw whenever I was going looking through some matches, there's a um, Session Martina blindfold match, which has to be amazing. Oh, my Ooh. God. Oh, my God. 
Uh, ever since we talked about blindfold matches, I've been kind of obsessively like searching out and like making like a playlist of all the ones I could easily find. I really want to watch a session, Mar- a session moth blindfold match because like take take all session moth Martinez like already kind of chaotic in ring behavior and add the element of blindness to it. Absolutely. For sure. All right. Screw it. Why wait? Join us back here next week for a special lights out edition of Grid and Glitter. All blindfold matches. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but last time I checked, I don't think we had a plan for next week. That's true. Oh, it's our yeah. season 11 premiere next week. We need to kick it off with a bang. All blindfold matches. Going to record it also blindfolded. Oh my God, no one will know. Yeah. But... Lights out at Great and Glitter next week. Uh, when's Daylight Savings? Oh, uh, next week. There you go. It's our, daylight, it's our special Daylight Savings Time special. In <laughs> honor of Daylight Savings Time, we're turning off the lights. Oh my god, we're doing blindfold matches, lights out matches, like whatever else is like a dark match. Dark matches. Yes, the, be- <laughs> the best dark matches. They were never taped. They were never recorded, so we can't actually watch them. But we'll read about some interesting ones from fan reports. And we'll discuss. These are all the best AEW dark matches. R.I.P. All right, that's our show. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed our special Halloween special. We had uh, we had a spooky guest. We had yes. um, we talked about magic in wrestling. I ate some candy. That's that's Halloween to me. I don't know what else there is. Light a pumpkin Ooh. candle and. You're done. I I have a pumpkin candle lit right now. See? Maple In witch. Mm-hmm. Super spooky. Thank you for listening, folks. You can always follow us and support us on Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. If you support us on Patreon, dollar a month gets you a weekly newsletter written by your friends in the Glitterati. $5 gets you bonus podcasts, podcasts from the archive. The entire first year of Grit and Glitter is up there ad-free for you to listen to, and a whole lot more. Tracy, where can people find and support you online? Like I said before, I can support me by buying some books from With an X Books at withanxbooks.com. And I have my Twitter at MapleWitch, or X, whatever you call it. You can find me at Maple Witch. That's Maple Witch with an X. On X. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us, Tracy. Great pick. Yeah. No, that was so much fun. It goes wild. So all you should search it out and watch it too. All right. Go put your blindfold on. If you can find your way back here, join us again next week for another episode of Grit and Glitter.